You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. Well, good morning. How are you guys doing? All right. Well, it's good to be here. I got to say, Dave and I had way too much fun with the filming of that trailer. And uh, you saw the last one last week when we're in sunglasses doing the photocopies. I don't think I can ever do office work and photocopies quite the same again. I'm always going to hear that, that techno dubstep, right, going in the background. Okay, well... I'm excited to be with you guys. It's my privilege to be able to share with you guys. We're in the second Sunday here in our series called Corporate. And uh, today, we get to be focused um, all on worship and the subject of worship. And for those of you that don't know me, I'm, my name is Matt Lingo. I'm the director of Worship Arts. Um, so kind of a nice pairing there. But would you guys uh, bow your heads and would you just uh, uh, let's dedicate this uh, service and this time in the word uh, to God, that he would speak to us. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for a time that we just were able to come to be able to worship you through music, to be able to sing your praises, God, to come with the joy and the strength that comes from knowing you. Uh, we, uh, we pray that you would teach us today, God. We, we know that um, we, we confess we don't know everything. Um, we confess that we need your truth in our lives. We need it on a daily basis. Uh, we confess that we need each other too, God, and, and uh, many times we try to do things on our own uh, without you, without the help, without the counsel of others, and so we, uh, we look to you, we look to your truth to challenge us, shape us more and more, that we would grow every day to be more like you, to know you better, uh, and to be able to serve you and love you uh, with all that we are. In Jesus' name we pray, and God's people said, amen. amen. All right. Well, like I said, uh, I am the director of worship arts, and I get to, to be up here. A lot of times I'm the, the guy here playing uh, the guitar and singing and leading us in worship. And I want to start by saying that I take that incredibly seriously. And it, it's a privilege, it's an honor, it's a privilege, it's an honor to, to even be here today with you guys. But I take it very seriously, and the reason is, is because of this, this statement that I'm going to kind of start things off with, and that is worship is the most important thing in our life. Let that kind of sink in. I'm going to say it again. Worship is the most important thing in our life. And I can already hear the internal dialogue maybe that you're, you're, you're coming at me with. You're saying, well, Matt, you know, I hear what you're saying. But uh, I'm taking that with a grain of salt because, after all, you are the director of worship. All right. So then rather than taking my word for it, Let's go and let's hear what Jesus said about that. And let's go to Scripture. So if you've got your Bibles, pull those out. We will have it on the screen, but it's always great. Pull out your Bibles. Uh, turn to the Gospel of Mark. Mark's the shortest of all the Gospels, right? Uh, love the book. It's like a short three-minute pop song. Just kind of gets right to the point. If you've ever read through all the Gospels, you see Mark's the shortest. Read through it. Uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and, and it's interesting to kind of to compare the Gospels. But here we are. We're in verse 28, and it says this. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And what you got to kind of understand a little bit of the context, the religious leaders of the day had been kind of debating. This has been an ongoing debate. Which commandment was the most important? So they had a bunch of positive commands, kind of do's, and then they had a bunch of prohibitions, kind of, you know, don't do's, or kind of, uh, uh, you know, prohibitions, things that they weren't supposed to do. And so they were debating 
kind of all the time which one was the most important and which category was the most important. So it wasn't just a random question. It was an important question. For the disciples, you got to imagine, you got to imagine if you're a disciple and you're kind of sitting there, you've been hearing, you know, Jesus teach all, all this time. And this is one of those moments where it's like your English teacher, your honors English teacher, he's going to like let you look at the cliff notes, you know, like when you're reading Shakespeare. Anybody ever read Shakespeare? You know, English, freshman year, you need, you need cliff notes. There's no way you're going to understand all that old English without some cliff notes. So this is one of those moments where I could just imagine the disciples there with their pens. They're out. They're ready. They're waiting to hear what Jesus is going to say. And here's what he says. He says, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. And he first says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so doing that is worship. That's what worship is. Loving God is worship. That's the first point in your outline today. Pull those out. Grab your pen. Should be one in the seat back in front of you. Um, I always say this, but uh, my dad drilled it in me to write things down. We learn in multiple different ways, but so important to be able to write things down. We want to retain ultimately what what we talk about here because we want it to affect and to change our lives. We don't want to just be hearers of the word, but we want to be doers. Amen? Amen. So, um, so, and then, so he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. And then he says, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. But, but he does, he start by saying, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So if we know that loving God is worship, then we're kind of making an extrapolation to say that worship is a lot more than just what we sometimes can take it to mean music, right? Worship is a lot more than music. Worship is loving God. So while we're on that subject of music, I want to talk a little bit about it because music is a big part of, of worship, and it always will be. We're actually commanded in Scripture to use music to worship. Talks about Jesus talks about spiritual songs. We hear that throughout Scripture. But what I want to say about music is, is there's no such thing as Christian music. Do you know what I mean? There are Christian lyrics, but there's no such thing as Christian music. There's nothing about the music itself that makes it Christian per se. So let me... Let me, let me Explain what I mean. Across the uh, Pacific Ocean, we've got Japan. They've got a whole different tonal scale. They don't even use the same scale that we do here uh, in the Western world. By scale, I mean music scale, right? Some of the notes. They use different instruments. Sometimes they use, you know, electric guitars and that kind of thing, but totally different. Uh, China, same thing. Uh, down in Brazil right now, right? Anybody watching the World Cup? Got some fans. I know Netherlands was playing today. Uh, by the way, give U.S. a hand. We made it through. We're past the first round. Pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited. We got some soccer fans. Yeah, they're, they're playing again here against Belgium. Um, but you go down to Brazil. Uh, they've got totally different rhythms, right? Completely different rhythms, different sounds, um, very, very different worship styles, uh, very different, uh, uh, you know, musical styles. So what, what we know is, is that, that, you know, in terms of, of actually your, 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 the kind of music you like, that says more about your geography than it does really about your theology, right? It's, uh, it's not really about, about your style. We don't even actually know what the biblical style of worship was. We don't actually have any actual notes. There's no sheet music in the Psalms. There's, there's just some really basic, uh, you know, understandings of, of the kind of poetry that it was, but we don't really know 
anything about the actual musical style. Um, and that's important to note because I really believe that, that what we've got to understand is, is that God is worshipped all around the globe on any given Sunday in thousands of different ways. Thousands of different ways. And uh, that means that, I mean, I mean even a, a, a genre, a musical genre like Nintendo core or folk metal or industrial techno, right? You familiar with those? <laughs> Anybody know what Nintendo core is? Nintendo cores, they take these like Nintendo theme songs like Super Mario Brothers, you know, it's like doo 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 and it's playing and all of a sudden this guy comes in with an electric guitar and he's like, who am I, who am I, right? It's like this blend, you know, folk metal, industrial techno. There are all kinds of styles out there. The point is, by the way, if you got nothing out of my sermon other than that this morning, at least you learned something. And maybe you've got a rebellious teenager at home. You can tell them you learned about, uh, you know, the Gospel of Mark, about worship and Nintendo Core, and just kind of let that hang, see what they say. If that doesn't get them to church, I'm out of ideas for now. But, no, the point is, is that God can even, God can be worshipped with those as long as what? As long as what the Bible says is that it's done in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. That's the, that's the Bible's litmus test. In spirit and in truth. So that means that, that the style, style is largely irrelevant. And like we said, it largely has to do with maybe where you grew up or, or where you're from um, and that kind of thing. But we, we really need to shift our minds away from this concept that worship is primarily music. I mean, if you even think about the Sunday service, right? Um, you know, greeting others in the name of the Lord, uh, that's worship. Uh, coming here, singing, um, and, and lifting him up through music, that's worship. But the offering is worship. Hearing the word, going through God's word, hearing the teaching, that's worship. Accepting the invitation to receive Christ, that's worship. About the only thing that isn't worship is announcements, right? Well, no, they could be worship too. No, or the long-winded ones, you might say. No, but, <laughs> but announcements can be worship as long as they're done in spirit and in truth. That's, that's really the... Uh, uh, the litmus test for that. So, um, so going on, kind of, kind of going on, uh, and, and and looking at this concept of of worship being a lot more than uh, than just than just music. Worship is is a lifestyle, and that's your second point in your outline. Worship is more than just music. Worship is a lifestyle. Now, the last thing though that I will say about music, music can speak to you though in ways that that almost no other medium can, right? I mean, you can probably remember a time in your life where there's just some song that was like the theme song of that memory in your life, right? You hear a song, it takes you back. So music will always be a huge part uh, of our worship, and it'll always be uh, a big part of, of what we do on Sunday mornings and throughout the week. But uh, worship is a lot more than that. Worship is a lifestyle. My favorite verse, I... I I talk about this verse every time I'm at the Discover class. If you guys have been to that, I talk about it with my worship teams. Romans 12, verse 1. It's kind of my worship ministry verse. And it is, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Worship. So, um, yeah, that's, that's just kind of, a, that's kind of my, my, my theme verse. But what I think is important to, to understand about that is that offering ourselves to God is worship. Offering ourselves to God is worship. And that means, you know, I, I'm, 
I have the title of worship leader and, uh, you know, director of worship arts. But in reality, we're all our own worship leaders, right? Because if it's a decision of the heart, it's if, it, if it's offering ourselves to God, can I offer you to God? Is that something that I can do? I, I, I can't actually, that's actually a decision of the heart. If worshiping God is, is loving God, then loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's only something that you can do. And so I think when we begin to kind of understand really what worship is and that it's, it's a decision of the heart, that begins to kind of put in context, uh, you know, questions or feelings that we might have. I, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll hear from people and they say, you know what, I just love high-energy worship. I love, you know, the, the loud, the fast, you know, tempo songs. Um, and then, and I, I can't really worship to the slow stuff that just kind of drags on. And then I hear other people, you know what, I love, absolutely love the deep, uh, worship and I love to, to worship to the slow songs and I don't care so much for the fast songs. I hear, you know, you know, it's not that beat just doesn't really do it for me. I don't like those drums. I don't like piano. I don't, there's all kinds of different things, right? But when it comes down to it, worship is not about tempo, amen? It's not about tempo. It's not about beat. It's not about instruments. It's about our hearts. It's about loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I realize... Uh, I may be meddling with that a little bit, but after all, I'm, I'm the worship leader and I'm up here today. So that's the point, right? <laughs> and we got 20 more minutes. So here we go. We're going to keep on trucking. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you uh, just another reason why I think our worship is so important. Acts 16.25, the story in Acts 16.25. Paul and Silas are in prison, right? You may know this story. They're in prison. Uh, they're, they're sitting in their jail cell. Yeah, they're basically on death row, and, and they, they're turned to each other, and it's midnight, in the dark, in prison. Imagine that right now, in the dark, in prison, Paul and Silas, these guys, and what do they start doing? Praying and worshiping God out loud. They're singing. They're singing spiritual songs. They're praising God, no matter what the situation is. Great life lesson right there. No matter what the situation is, they're praising God. And it says in Scripture that the prisoners were listening to them, that the guard was actually listening to them, and what happened the rest of the story God opened the doors. He opened the prison doors. And the, the guard was so scared that he was going to lose his job and probably lose his life because they had gotten away. And Paul and Silas say, you know, have no fear. You know, we're still here and, and we're, we're going to stay here. And, and the guard comes over to them and says, you know, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And it says that in that moment, he got, got up. They went and woke, their, woke his family up, the guard's family, and they were all baptized, and they all became believers. Is that an awesome story or what? I'll give a hand for, for God being able to work through, being able to work through, um, I mean, just Paul and Silas being faithful in the moment. They were being faithful with what they were given. They were praising God no matter what the situation was, and other people took notice. Other people took notice, and I, I truly believe that when we worship, when we humble ourselves before God, when we come together as a church and we sing, um, when we, you know, live out lives that are, uh, that are lifestyles that are honoring to God uh, and we completely love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, non-Christians can't help but take notice. That's different than the world. Singing together and singing in unison and, and doing that together with the joy of the Lord, uh, they don't know what that is, but that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so I truly believe that, that no matter how hard it is, you know, sometimes we come and, and we're just, oh, man, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. 
Like, you know, I, I admit I'll get here at 7 o'clock, 6.45, and I'm, sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I'm a little groggy, you know, and I'm just kind of having a little bit, little bit more trouble than I am on some other Sundays where I can just kind of get going. And, um, you know, I, I say I humble myself before you, God. I ask that you would fill me and that you would give me the joy that comes from knowing you. And I will tell you this, even when I don't feel like it, but I engage and I engage, maybe it's in your devotional life and you're just bored and like, oh, you know what, What's it? I read that verse or whatever. But when you engage and you're faithful in the moment, in a new day, new time, new place, different place in life, you're always going to be glad that you did. I know that I, <clears throat> I always am. And you never know how God's going to use that moment. Maybe later on in the day, you're able to share a piece of scripture with somebody. Maybe, uh, you know, God will uh, uh, give you a sense of peace, a sense of understanding about a situation. You have absolutely no idea how God can use you. And that story about Paul and Silas is a clear example that it affects a lot more what we do in the moment. It's not just, you know, us and God. It affects all of those around us, right? God's weaving a story that's a lot larger than just our own story. He's got a massive tapestry, an amazing story. He's building the kingdom of God in ways that we don't even understand. We'll understand one day, right, in heaven. But right now, our task and our job is to be faithful and to give ourselves with each new day, to know God more and to love him a little bit more. So, we understand a little bit more about the concept of worship and what that is. And now I want to talk a little bit about the corporate side of it. What, what the corporate side and what the community element of it is. And, and you know, on that topic, uh, you know, we as Americans have a hard time sometimes with community, don't we? we we're all about ourselves, right? Independence. Um, I mean, think about it. We got the Declaration of Independence that we were founded on, right? I've heard this said, life, liberty, and the purchase of happiness, right? No, that's not how it goes. But uh, how about this one? All the women independent. Throw, there was one. Throw your hands up at me. That's right. Even Destiny's Child's talking about being independent women, right? So, I mean, independence is something that just kind of runs thick through Americans' blood. I mean, it's, it's, it's just kind of who we are. I mean, we've got, you know, Batman or all these different heroes that are all about being independent, being self-sufficient. And we believe that, you know what, if I get enough money and I've got you know, all the finances that I need, and I've got, you know, relational uh, um, independence, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, i got me and my wife or whatever, and, and it's just us, and, and we're going to just be okay. And that, we think that's the key to happiness. And the reality of it is God says that it's not independence, but it's interdependence, right, that we're supposed to be connected in community. Uh, and that's the way that he actually designed us. That's the way he actually intended us to live. So we need each other, and that, that's the next point in my outline there. We need each other. And uh, going back to Romans 12, uh, a great verse, Romans 12, 5b, it says, Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. Now, I hear, I hear what you may be saying. You may be saying, you know what, that's, that's all good and well. But, you know, I really pride myself on, you know, just, just kind of taking care of things, you know, just leaving it up to myself. I don't really need other people. But here's what I would say to you. There might be other people that need you. And God might also not have brought you to the point in your life where, where you're struggling to the point where you do need other people. And that point might be coming. So I, I, think, I think a lot of times, you know, our generation really 
really, and I, I think it's probably true about every generation, but you know, people say, well, I've graduated to a new level of maturity. I don't actually need other people in order to live out my faith. Well, that's, I mean, the truth of it is, folks, that's not biblical. That's not biblical. Um, so I think it's important for us to, to understand that God's actually designed us uh, to need each other. Not only need each other, but God also says throughout Scripture that we're better together. We're actually better together. Um, uh, Proverbs 28, 26 says, Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Um, pretty clear throughout Scripture that, uh, uh, that we were meant to, to, to walk with others. Um, I don't know, how, how many of you have ever, uh, um, thinking about, you know, not being good to walk alone, how many of you have ever been to, uh, you know, a suspenseful movie? Maybe it's, you know, it's like 11 o'clock at night, it gets over. Maybe you went there with a bunch of friends, y'all drove separately, and the movie's about over, and it's 11 o'clock at night, kind of dark outside, and you, you're just remembering, you're like, all right, see you later, guys. And, um, and your car is all the way at the back of the parking lot. Right? And you're thinking, oh my gosh, that thing's, whoo. And you're kind of looking, you're like, I thought it was under a light. I, I, I thought I remember it being, on, and it's in the dark. Okay. Kind of looking around, you're like, oh, okay. That, you know, just kind of checking people out. Like, you know, hope nobody's kind of looking suspicious. And then you just kind of start walking, you know, and you're going along. And the hair on the back of your neck starts to stand up. And you start to imagine every bad thing that, like, ever happened in that kind of a situation. You start flashing back to, like, ten different movies where they were just, they were, like, in the parking lot alone and something bad happened. Um, well, how much better is that experience when you're with your friends or when you're with somebody? Amen? So much better. So much better. God intended us to not to walk alone but to walk together. We're better together. That's a perfect, a perfect example of that. Um, not only are we, are we you know, better together, uh, there, here's another example. Okay, presidential fitness challenge. Anybody ever do that? The presidential fitness challenge? Seventh grade. They have all these, like, standards that you have to do. You got to do chin-ups, which were, like, killer hard. You know, I had to do, like, 12 of them or something. And then you had to do a mile-and-a-half run. You had to do the V-sit stretch. So I was doing the mile-and-a-half run, and I wasn't, a, I wasn't an athletic guy, but I wasn't particularly long-distance runner at the time. And I was incredibly skinny, like beyond, not so much anymore. But I was then. I was a beanpole. And I was running along. I was probably a mile into it. And I felt like somebody had taken a like, hot poker or a spear and jabbed it in my side. I couldn't hardly. And I think it was because I had no meat on my bones. And it was just kind of rubbing the flesh raw, you know. And so I'm running along. And I'm just feeling this pain. And I'm just kind of doing this, just kind of breathing, you know, slow. Just, and... Uh, and all of a sudden, I look back, and there's my buddy who, his dad's a football coach, you know, those sons. And so he's just, he's just like coming along, and I'm like, oh, wow, he's coming here. And I'm just kind of limping faster at this point, you know, not really running. And, and he's like, hey, Matt, what's up, man? Are you, are you slowing down? And I'm like, nope, nope, not slowing down. And I remember I just kind of limped, and I picked up my pace, and I, I finished with that guy. We finished with John. Yeah, it was but I would not have done that if it wasn't for somebody else coming alongside me in a literally physical way and, like, basically forcing me through positive peer pressure or whatever it was to make me do it. Um, so we are better together. Uh, we're also smarter together. Um, and you may not believe that, but let me, let me give you an example. Yesterday, 
Pastor Dave was over at my house. We had the Landons were over there, the Rowans, um, several uh, uh, other families from our, our community group. We were there together. We were doing a multifamily garage sale, right? Now, I, I'm not the biggest fan of garage sales. I mean, I like to get the money. Don't get me wrong. And we're doing Dave Ramsey right now. We just finished, my wife and I just finished Dave Ramsey, financial piece. So we're trying to make some money and, and really try to, you know, write the financial uh, uh, process there. But by the way, take Dave Ramsey, an awesome, awesome series. But so, so I don't really love garage sales. But so they all came over. Dave had a bunch of stuff. And, and they all were pricing and just kind of working like busy bees. It worked like a well-oiled machine. And I got to tell you, it was, it was a lot of fun. I even had, I'm going to give it up, a shout out to Robert and Rachel. They were there helping us, and they didn't even actually sell anything. But, um, but they were there because we were having fun. We had a good time together. And we had our kids playing, and we made something that would have otherwise been a kind of a bit of a chore, and we had a good time doing it. And, and I was sitting back there, and I was thinking, you know what? This is what God intended. This is how God intended community to be. We're supposed to be encouraging one another, helping one another. You know, uh, we belong to each other in the sense that, you know, I don't know how to do something. Maybe somebody else does. Maybe, maybe Robert knows how to, you know, hook up a generator or something, something that I don't know how to do. And that's the way that God intended us to be, to live in community, live in relationship uh, with each other. We are better together. We are better together, no doubt, no questions. Um, but, uh, you know, when you think about life and you think about, you know, the way that, that God really actually intends for life to be, life's purpose is not achievement. We don't, like, arrive and, and it's about, you know, these, the, the, you know, our Facebook timeline, you know, like the high, highlights or the most likes or something. It's not about achievement. Life's about relationship. Amen? It's about our relationship with God and it's about our relationship with other people. And that's ultimately what I believe, you know, God's trying to, to teach us that lesson, how to cooperate with each other. I've got a five-year-old, and I've got a three-year-old, and I've got a little two-year-old. And I tell you, getting them to cooperate with each other, that's a challenge. That's something that I realize is going gonna to continue to take time. But, um, but, but it's one of the most important lessons that we can possibly learn, uh, is how to work together, to work as a team, to work as a family, to work as a body of Christ. Well... By the way, I mean, anybody struggle with that? I mean, we, there is pressure to achieve, isn't there? Amen? And so I think, you know, as Christians, let's encourage each other, remind ourselves, we're, we're working off a different script. This is Scripture. This is what Scripture says, not, not what the world's telling us, not that the world's telling us that it's all about achievement. So um, we, when I think about, you know, that relationship, God's created a beautiful vehicle, the spiritual family, and he's created it in the church. Right? The church is God's tool of community. Hebrews 10, uh, verse 24 and 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Um, I just think that's, that's an awesome verse. Because there's a couple things in there. It says habit, right? As, that we're supposed to meet together, that means we're supposed to be doing that regularly. Um, and, you know, I talk to even a lot of friends, and they think, you know, I just don't need it. I don't need that relationship. Well, like I say, it's biblical. It, it really talks about that. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, we, uh, we have this, this amazing vehicle. We have this amazing community that God has created um, here in the church. And we are, we are meant to encourage 
one another. Well, as a worship leader here uh, at Sun Grove, I, um, uh, I really endeavor and I, I, I try to create um, events um, or opportunities for us to, to worship um, and to worship together. Um, and one of those uh, opportunities is coming up. Uh, we put together um, an event called Alive, Alive Unplugged. It's going to be on July 19th, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. I put it into my outline. Couldn't resist because I want to make sure that you, you write that down um, and, and that you're aware of it. But here, here's, what I, here's my heart, really, um, for that night. Um, we're going to have some, we're going to be out here under the trees and we're going to have, you know, some music, some time to be able to be together, uh, to be able to worship together, uh, some fire pits, um, marshmallows, and just be able to, to be together as a church body and to be able to worship and uh, worship through music. Um, but uh, it says in Nehemiah 8.10, and this, this is actually my last point, and kind of what I want to be the focus and the theme for uh, this Alive event. And it says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And, you know, I think that word joy can sometimes just kind of, we just kind of lose that. We don't, we don't really know exactly what that means. Or, or maybe we used to know what it means. And now we've, we've kind of begun to, to get derailed from the joy of the Lord. And um, I don't know if you guys are like me, but... Uh, I've got a lot of memories in my life where I can just remember those moments where I was connected, uh, you know, to God. And, and maybe it was in a, in a worship service through music. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was in private devotions. Maybe it was in a time of service. Um, for me, a particularly fond one that I've got, I remember um, I've shared with some of you that I went to uh, Bosnia during, uh, in the late 90s on a missions trip. And I was there over the summertime. And we were working all day. We were, we were doing camps with kids. And at night, a bunch of the, uh, the leaders would come together. And we were in this beat-up old church. And we would just worship together. We had multiple guitars out. And we were um, just singing and praising God. And it was one of those experiences where I understood what the joy of the Lord is our strength truly meant. And I could never forget, um, you know, we were singing at the top of our lungs. We were just, we were just letting it all out. And when we were dancing, having a great time, um, you know, composing new stuff, just improvising. And it, it was an example for me uh, of music where I got to understand, like I say, what, what the joy of the Lord uh, truly was. And, and I say that because I, undoubtedly you have your own experience and you've got your own, um, you know, maybe memory where you can go back to. And I, there's even, you know, plenty up here on this stage or over at Franklin High School, but so easily we can get derailed from the, the joy of some of those moments and we begin to kind of let cynicism creep in. Anybody out there have any cynical people in their lives? I tell you, cynicism is everywhere. And you let it creep in, you let it kind of creep into your heart. You begin to kind of say, you know what? Shoot, man, I don't wanna look stupid. I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't have time for that. I'm just gonna kind of begin to pull back you begin to kind of walk off the field, you get to get over to the sidelines, and you just start hanging out, you just start being a spectator, and you don't engage. And you don't let, ultimately, what God intended for us, what he designed us for, 
to for, allow yourself to engage with that and to, to let God ultimately be the joy of the Lord, uh, being our strength. And um, I'll tell you, the, I don't know whether it's cynicism, whether it's familiarity. Sometimes, you know, familiarity, even of a church service, uh, you know, you come in and you're just starting to you know, say, well, I heard this, been there, done that. Or maybe it's the familiarity of your devotions, uh, you know, or, or just the familiarity of any situation that you're in that, that really God wants you to, to engage and to push yourself um, and to love him through whatever it is that you're doing and, and you begin to pull back. And I think that's, that's a key, an incredibly key thing to, to really realize and to remember and to focus on today is, is that if we're faithful, if we engage, um, the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Amen? Amen. All right, well, uh, if you would, uh, would, you, would you bow your heads and, and close your eyes? And um, I want to put this out there. there. There's undoubtedly all kinds of people here today. I don't know if maybe you came today and, and you've let, well, let, let's first say, if, if, you've actually, if you're here today and you've actually never even had that moment where God got a hold of your heart, You've never even had that opportunity to be able to give your life to Christ, to be able to, to live the life, the abundant life, the life that's filled with joy that comes from knowing our creator, the one who, who designed us, who made us from the fingerprint on our fingers to the tops of the hair on our head. If you don't know that, know the power of the Savior Jesus Christ and the death on the cross that he died for our sins, that we would have life and that we would have it everlasting. If you're, you're here today and the Holy Spirit's been working on you and you don't know what, what it is exactly, but, but you want to know more and, and, and you want to accept Christ as your Savior, you can raise your hand now. Or if, you, uh, if you're, you're not comfortable with that, I, I really encourage you, please, I don't want to let this opportunity pass us by. I want to seize the moment find a, uh, an usher or find a church leader, find myself and come talk to me. We want to walk together with you. Just like I was talking about, we don't want to have any of, any of you walk alone. We want to walk together. And then the second thing I want to say is that if, if you're there and you've got your head bowed and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, Matt, that makes a lot of sense. I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty dang cynical. You know, I, I may not show it always on the outside, but my brain, my heart, my head, they are, they are focused on other things. I'm distracted when I'm sitting there reading my Bible in the morning. I am distracted, uh, and, and I, I just can't, I just, I just don't feel like I'm getting anything out of it, and I, I just am losing the desire to engage. I'm losing the joy that comes from knowing the Almighty God, and, and I confess to you, God, right now, maybe you pray this prayer. I confess to you, God, right now that, that I'm not loving you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm loving a lot of other things, but I'm not loving you. And even when I have the opportunity to love you, I spiritually, emotionally disengage. And I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for that, God. I want to know your word. I want to know your truth. I want you to work in my life. I want to be the light that you talk about that shines to this world, a dark world, consumed with themselves, consumed with their own achievements. And I want to be in relationship with you and live the life that you've intended for me. So I, I choose today 
to stop that cycle of cynicism, to stop that cycle of disengagement and spectating. And I engage with you, God. I, I give myself, I surrender myself over, I rededicate myself. And I pray, God, that you would use me for the purposes of your amazing kingdom. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.